Respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We seek His aid, we seek His assistance. For whomsoever Allah as we guide, then can misguide. And whomsoever Allah as we misguide, then can guide. I be witness that none has right to be worshipped except Allah alone without any partner. And I testify that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is his final Prophet and Messenger. As we proceed in today's topic, is a topic of great importance. It is a topic stressed by Allah and his Messenger. And it is a topic becoming of every Muslim to give importance to. And it is the topic of istighfar. It is the topic of seeking forgiveness for one's sins. And a Muslim, he always finds himself in one of three states. Either he is in a state of ni'mah, and when he finds himself in a state of receiving bounties from Allah Azza wa Jal, then what is becoming upon him is to give gratitude and shukr for these bounties. The Muslim, he either finds himself in a state of sin. And when he finds him in a state of sin, he must hasten towards seeking forgiveness and doing tawbah for his sins. Or he either finds himself in a state of calamity, that he is experiencing some form of calamity which Allah Azza wa has written for him. And then what is becoming upon him in this state is that he must have sabr while he finds himself in this state. And when the believer gathers through all of these three states, he finds himself within his hand the keys to happiness. Because the one who gives gratitude for his bounty, which Allah Azza wa Jalla bestowed upon him, the one who seeks forgiveness for his sin when he transgresses the limits of Allah Azza wa Jalla, and the one who is patient when a calamity beats him, this person he has the keys to happiness within his grasp. So there are many ayat and many ahadith which have stressed this topic, this topic of istighfar. And it has encouraged seeking forgiveness. And it has clarified to us its many virtues and its many rewards. From amongst these verses is the verse of which some of the scholars of this ummah said, Arja ayatan fi kitabillah. It is the verse which gives the most hope to the slaves of Allah Azza wa Jal. And this verse is قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَصْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ It is a verse where Allah Azza wa Jal addresses myself and yourself. And He addresses us as his servants. And he says, Kul ya asrafu ala Say, O oh my servants, say, O oh my servants who have transgressed against their own selves, la taqnatu Those who have transgressed by committing sins and ultimately only harming themselves. Allah says, la taqnatu do not despair of the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal. Inna Allaha yaghfiru dhunuba jami'an. That no matter how great your sin is, Allah Azza wa Jal says that He forgives all sins. Innahu huwa al-ghafoor rahim Indeed, He is al-ghafoor al-rahim. And so, the scholars of this ummah describe this verse as being Arja ayatan fi kitabillah. It is the verse which gives the most hope to the believers. It gives him the hope of forgiveness. That no matter how great the sin is which they've indulged in, Allah Azawajal's mercy is greater than that sin. Another verse when Allah Azawajal mentions to us the benefits of istighfar in the life of this world and the next, it is found in Surah Al-Nuh. When Allah Azawajal mentions on the tongue of Prophet Nuh, 
And in relation to this verse, there is a beautiful story. And this is the story of Hassan al-Basri. Wherein a man came to Hassan al-Basri and he complained about drought. And what did Hassan al-Basri tell him? Hassan al-Basri told him, Istaghfirullah. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. Another man came to him complaining about poverty. What did Hassan al-Basri tell him? He told him, Istaghfirullah. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. A third man came to Hassan al-Basri and complained about his arid land. And Hassan al-Basri told him, Istaghfirullah. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. And a fourth person came to Hassan al-Basri and he complained about his inability to have a child. And Hassan al-Basri told him, Istaghfirullah. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. So we look at the dilemma of these four men. All of these situations, unique. The problems they were faced with, unique as well. Hassan al-Basri gave them the same remedy for each and every single situation. So what is his proof for this? It is the proof in Surah Nuh. When Allah mentioned that say, O Nuh, to your people, Seek the forgiveness of your Rabb, your Lord, for indeed he is the one who always forgives sins. If you do this, the immediate benefit which comes your way, that Allah will send the rains upon you abundantly or in abundance. And this is the solution to the first problem, the man who complained about drought. The second person who came to Hassan al-Basri, he complained about poverty. Allah says, Allah will increase you in your wealth if you seek his forgiveness. Wabanin, the fourth person, complained about his inability to have a child. If you seek forgiveness, Allah will increase you in your progeny. And if you do this, Allah Azza wa Jal will send rivers your way. And so this is an immediate benefit of istighfar in the life of this world. When Allah promises us increase in our various forms of risk. As for the Akhirah, as for the benefits of istighfar in the Akhirah, then there are many. But we will suffice with one hadith of the Messenger of Allah والسلام, wherein he mentions Glad tidings to the one who finds many istighfar in his book of good deeds. Because the person who perpetually seeks forgiveness for his sins, this is a sign that Allah Azza wa Jal has guided him toward istighfar. And that Allah Azza wa Jal wants to forgive him his sins. And so he meets Allah Azza wa Jal in the year after, sinless. And Allah Azza wa Jal enters him into Jannah. Glad tidings to the one who finds many istighfar in his book of good deeds. In a narration wherein the Prophet Muhammad makes clear to us the benefit of istighfar and the power of istighfar, it is in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, wherein the Prophet Muhammad reported that Allah said, Ya bin Adam, that Allah addresses myself and yourself. And he says, O oh son of Adam, for as long as you call upon me, and you have hope in me, then I will forgive you for whatever you have done, and I will not be concerned in the least. Allah goes on to mention, Ya bin Adam, O son of Adam, لو بلغت ذنوبك عنان السماء ثم استغفرتني غفرت لك ولا أبالي. 
The second part of this hadith is the point of reference when Allah tells us, O son of Adam, if your sins had reached Anana Sama'i, and Anana Sama'i can either mean if your sins reached the level and the extent of the clouds, or if your sins reached as far as the eye could see. So is it possible that a person could do so much sins that it reaches the clouds high up in the sky? Or that his sins reach so far that it went to the furthest point of which the eye could see? This is impossible. But yet Allah says that If your sins reached this level And then you sought forgiveness from me then I will forgive you and I will not be concerned in the least. So even if your sins were many and your sins were of different types and we repented each and every single time to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah azza wa jal, He will forgive us if we turn in Him to repentance. Istighfar, seeking forgiveness, it was the habit of the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam. It was the habit of the Prophet Muhammad So much so that Abu Huraira reported um, that he said that, that the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said Wallahi, by Allah la astaghfirullaha wa atubu ilayh fi al-yawmi akthara min sabayina maratan That the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him himself he said and he took a qasam he said by Allah I seek the forgiveness of Allah and I turn in repentance to Allah in a single day more than 70 times. And this is coming from the lips of the Prophet Muhammad The one who all of his previous sins which was committed and that which was to come was forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But yet his habit was to always engage in istighfar. Another narration which makes this clear is a narration of Ibn Umar. He reported... And he said that we used to count that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to say in a single gathering 100 times Rabbighfirli wa tuba alayya innaka anta tawwabur rahim That the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he said the statement 100 times in a single gathering. The question we need to pose here, respected brothers and sisters, is what about myself and yourself? Who commit sins night and day, who fall short with regards to our obligations, and who fall short with regards to abstaining from the prohibitions of Allah Azawajal. How much in need are we of engaging istighfar and tawbah on a daily basis? Another narration that makes clear to us the power of istighfar and the fact that istighfar it is extremely beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the hadith of Abu Hurairah in which he reported that the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَوْ لَمْ تُذْنِبُوا لَذَهَبَ اللَّهُ بِكُمْ وَلَجَاءَ بِقَوْمٍ يُذْنِبُونَ فَيَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ فَيَغْفِرُ لَهُمْ Subhanallah, a very very powerful narration wherein the Prophet Muhammad says that in the hand in whose soul um, my life is. He said, If you did not commit sins, Allah would have replaced you with another nation. And this people would have come, And this people would have come, and they would have committed sins. And they would have sought forgiveness for their sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them. So the fact that we commit sins, this hadith does not encourage us to commit sins. But this hadith proves that our beloved seeking forgiveness is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah loves that we seek His forgiveness. And from amongst His perfect name subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is Al-Afu, the one who pardoned and the one who overlooks shortcomings and sins from amongst Allah Azza wa Jal's names is also Al-Ghafoor 
the one who always forgives and Al-Ghaffar the one who constantly forgives and so these are names from amongst the perfect names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we know that Allah Azawajal loves that we call upon him by way of his names Allah loves that we make dua to him by way of his names as he says in his book وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَدِعُوهُ بِهَا that to Allah Azawajal belongs the most beautiful names and attributes so call upon him by way of his beautiful names and attributes we also know the hadith that proves that Allah Azawajal has 99 names which we know of not restricted to 99 wherein the Prophet Muhammad says إِنَّ لِلَّهِ تِسْأَةً وَتِسْئِينَ إِسْمًا مِئَةً إِلَّا وَاحِدًا مَنْ أَحْصَاهَا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ That the Prophet Muhammad teaches us and he says that Allah Azza wa Jal has 99 names. 100 less 1. Whomsoever comprehends these names enters Jannah. Whomsoever comprehends these names enters Jannah. But what does comprehending these names truly mean? It does not mean writing this name on a paper and then repeating it 1000 times, 100 times, 300 times. This is a mistaken notion. But rather, what Ahsaha means, it means three things. Firstly, that we memorize the name of Allah Azawajal. Or we memorize the names of Allah Azawajal. Secondly, we understand the meaning that this name contains. And then thirdly, we make dua to Allah Azawajal by way of this name. So let's take it as an example. At-Tawwab. The fact that Allah Azawajal is the one who always accepts repentance and the one who grants his servants the ability to repent to him. Also, it means the fact that Allah Azawajal loves repentance. It means that Allah Azawajal loves repentance. And so, when we take this name of Allah Azawajal and we put it into practice, firstly, we understand its meaning. We understand what the meaning of this name contains. And then we put it into practice. We put it into practice by calling upon Allah Azawajal by way of this name. Meaning, seeking forgiveness for our sins. And then and only then are we considered to be from amongst those who have practiced upon this name of Allah Azawajal as it ought to be practiced. And so this proves to us that Tawbah, that seeking the forgiveness of Allah Azawajal, it is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for this reason, it was the habit of the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam. That he used to seek the forgiveness of Allah Azawajal 100 times in a single day. And so there is no deed which removes sins like Tawbah. There is no deed which removes our sins like sincere Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we know, there are many deeds which the Prophet Muhammad also made as expiations for sins, such as wudu, it expiates our sins, such as salah, it expiates our sins, such as attending the weekly Jumu'ah, this is an expiator for our sins. However, these deeds, they only wipe out certain sins. As for Tawbah, when we do sincere Tawbah to Allah Azza wa Jal, it wipes and it removes all sins. It wipes out and it removes all sins. But as we know, there are conditions for Tawbah. There are conditions for Tawbah to be considered sincere tawbah and this means that repentance turning to Allah Azawajal in repentance it comes with responsibility and it is upon us to step up when we seek forgiveness of Allah Azawajal as Allah says in a verse which gathers the 
responsibility of Tawbah where Allah mentions إِنِّي لَغَفَّارٌ لِمَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا ثُمَّ اهْتَدَى That Allah says that indeed you will find me forgiving. Forgiving for those who do sincere Tawbah, for those who repent to me, for those who believe in me and those who do righteous deeds and then they are steadfast upon guidance. So as for repenting from a sin and having a resolve to do that sin over and over and over again, then this is not sincere Tawbah. This is not sincere Tawbah. So Allah gives us the recipe for sincere Tawbah and He says that He is forg- indeed he is most forgiving for the one who repents. And from amongst the conditions of repentance is that firstly, we stop the sin with immediate effect. That when we repent from the sin, we need to stop the sin with immediate effect. Secondly, we must have nadam. We must have sincere regret. We must have sincere regret for the fact that we committed the sin. Thirdly, we must make a firm resolve not to return to that sin. And fourthly, if that sin contains the rights of others, then we should restore that right to that person. Then and only then is Tawbah considered to be sincere Tawbah. But Allah says, coupled with this, when you repent and you increase in your belief and you become firmer in your belief, وَأَمِنَ صَالِحًا And you increase in your righteous deeds, ثُمَّ اهْتَدَى And then you remain steadfast upon your repentance, then and only then is that considered to be sincere Tawbah. And so this brings us to Sayyidul Istighfar. As the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu described it, a form of repentance so great that he, peace be upon him, he named it the master of all forms of forgiveness. A form of forgiveness so great that the Prophet Muhammad he named it Sayyidul Istighfar, the master of all forms of forgiveness. And about this great dua and this great form of seeking forgiveness, he, peace be upon him, said, whoever says it in the morning with conviction in its wording, and he dies during that day before he reaches the night, he will be from amongst Ahlul Jannah. So if you say the statement and you practice upon it as it ought to be practiced and you have conviction in its meaning and you die before the night comes, you will be from amongst the people of Jannah. On the flip side of this, the Prophet said, and whoever says it at night with conviction in it and he dies before he reaches the morning, then this person will also be from Ahlul Jannah. The great Imam Bukhari, ta'ala, he listed a title heading in his Sahih, in Sahih al-Bukhari, naming it the chapter concerning the best form of istighfar. And as we know, Imam al-Bukhari, his understanding to the various rulings of fiqh, it is in his chapter headings. So this great Imam, he also deemed this form of istighfar to be the best form of istighfar. This dua and this application is so great that the scholars of Islam deem this dua to be so important that they list it as part of the morning and evening remembrances becoming of a Muslim to say each and every single morning and each and every single evening. The Prophet Muhammad he also encouraged us to learn this application and he said, Shall I not guide you and show you towards the master of all forms of forgiveness? And he also said, peace be upon him, Ta'allamu Sayyid al-Istighfar. He said, learn the Sayyid al-Istighfar. Learn this supplication. And so it is becoming of us to give importance to these words. To learn it by heart. To memorize it. And then to implement it in our daily lives. Because as the Prophet Muhammad peace upon him said, it is the master of all forms of seeking forgiveness. 
So what is the wording of the supplication? The Prophet Muhammad said, Sayyidul Istighfar, that the master of all forms of seeking forgiveness, Ayyakulul Abd, is that the servant, the Muslim, says, Allahumma anta Rabbi, la ilaha illa ant. O oh Allah, you are my Rabb, la ilaha illa ant. There is no deity worthy of worship except you. Khalaqtani, you have created me. Wa ana abduk, and I am your servant. Wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'dika mastata'atu. And I am upon your covenant and upon your promise mastata'atu. According my ability. A'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'atu. I seek refuge with you from the evil repercussions of my sins. Abu laka bini'matika alayya. I affirm the bounties which you have confirmed upon me. Wa abu laka bidambi. And I affirm and I complain to you about my sins. Faghfirli. So forgive me. فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ So forgive me, for none forgives sins except you. So let's look at the supplication in some more detail, بِإِذْنِلَا So the opening statement, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says, اللَّهُمَّ أَنْتَ رَبِّي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ خَلَقَتَنِي وَعَنَا عَبْدُ And the first of these wordings, it is اللَّهُمَّ and when we say Allahumma, it is a call which we make to, out to Allah Azza wa Jalla, which means Ya Allah, O oh Allah. And so we call out to Allah Azza wa Jalla, making a request when we say Ya Allah or Allahumma. And most of the Prophet, peace be upon him, to us, begins with this wording, Allahumma. Can you think of any supplications which begin like this? Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam. Allahumma aati nafsi taqwaha. Oh Allah, grant my nafs, my soul, it's taqwa. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah. Oh Allah, ya Allah, I ask you for jannah. Allahumma a'ini ala zikrika wa shukrika wa husni ibadatika. Oh Allah, aid and assist me with regards to your gratitude and your remembrance and to worship you in a beautiful manner. So, most of the Prophet Muhammad's supplications, it begins in this way, Allahumma, and it means, Ya Allah, we are about to request something from Allah. And so we commence this dua by praising Allah and calling unto Him by His most beautiful name, and that is Allah. Ismullahi al-A'zam, the greatest name of Allah Azza wa Jal, it is Allah. That when you ask Allah Azza wa Jal, by way of this name, He grants you whatever you ask. And then we make this affirmation and we say, Allahumma anta rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Rabb. Ya Allah, you are my Rabb. And usually we translate Rabb as Lord. However, this translation does not do justice to the meaning of Rabb. Al-Rabb huwa alladhi yurabbi jami' al-makhluqat bini'amihi. The Rabb is the one who gives tarbiyah, who nurtures his creation by way of his favor upon them. He nurtures all of his creation by way of his bounty upon them. So Rabb means, the meaning of Rabb, and this should come to mind when we say Allah Azza wa Jal is our Rabb. Firstly, that Allah Azza wa Jal is Al-Khaliq, that he subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator of absolutely everything. Secondly, he subhanahu wa ta'ala he is Ar-Razak. He is the one who sustains his creation and, and grants him risk. Thirdly, he is the one who is the Al-Mudabbir, the one who controls and manages all the affairs of his creation. And he is the one, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who brings benefit and the one who brings harm. And so this is the true meaning of Rabb. And so when we mention this, this word, Ar-Rabb, this should come to mind. Wa-Rabb huwa alladhi yastahikku al-ibadah. And the one 
who is responsible for these actions of creation, of sustaining his creation, of controlling and managing the affairs, of benefiting and bringing harm, he is the one who is truly deserved of being worshipped. And in essence, this is only the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we say, Allahumma anta rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Rabb. You are my nurturer. You are my creator. La ilaha illa ant. The second phrase, La ilaha illa ant, meaning there is no deity worthy of worship in truth except you. Since we affirm that Allah Azza wa Jal is alone singled out in terms of his actions of creation and sustaining and nurturing his creation, then the logical conclusion is that he alone is deserved of being worshipped. And so we say, La ilaha illa ant, that there is no deity worthy of worship except you. Khalaqatani, you have created me. Once again affirming this fact that you have created me. Ya Allah, khalaqatani wa ana abduk. And I am your servant. I am your servant. So in the first part of this dua, there is an affirmation of the very essence of Islam. The core message of Islam, it is Tawheed, that we affirm Lordship for Allah Azza wa Jal alone, meaning that Allah Azza wa Jal is the Rabb of the Alameen, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, that Allah Azza wa Jal is the Rabb of all of the creation. And only the one who possesses true Lordship is deserved of being worshipped and singled out in worship. Allahumma anta Rabbi, La ilaha illa ant, khalaqatani wa ana abduk. And this dua begins with an affirmation of Tawheed because it is the greatest means of obtaining mercy and forgiveness. That if you enter the year after and you are not a believer in Allah and you are not a follower of the Prophet Muhammad then you can never ever obtain forgiveness. Meaning a non-believer does not have the means of obtaining Allah Azawajal's mercy with regards to the year after. Why? Because he does not possess this belief which is affirmed in the opening statement of this dua. Ibn Rajab said, the best way of asking forgiveness, it is to begin with praising Allah. And so the opening statement of the supplication it is praise for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We then go on to mention, وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ مَسْتَطَعْتُ And I, Ya Allah, I abide by your covenant and your promise as I am able. So firstly, وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ عَهْدِكَ That I abide by your covenant. That between me and between you, Ya Allah, there is an agreement. And the covenant mentioned here is to have Iman in Allah Azawajal and to show obedience to Him. To have Iman in Allah Azawajal and to show obedience to Him. This is the agreement that we've entered into with Allah Azawajal when we say La ilaha illallah. Which means we'll believe in all those things which Allah Azawajal wants us to believe in and we will execute whatever he commands us to do. Whether it be acts which is obligatory upon us to do or acts which is obligatory upon us to abstain from. And so this is the covenant which is mentioned here by the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And this is summarized in the statement which we mention each and every single day in our daily prayers at least 17 times a day. Each and every single day 17 times a day, we renew this covenant and we say, Ya Allah, you alone do we worship and you alone do we seek aid and assistance from. And so this is the summary of the covenant. As Allah Azza wa Jal affirms in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, that when my servant says, Allah then says, Hada bayni that this agreement, it is between 
myself and my servant. So when we utter this word in our prayer, Allah says that this is between me and my servant. This agreement is between myself and my servant. As for the wa'ad, وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ أَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ مَسْتَطَعْتُ As for the wa'ad, the promise mentioned in the supplication, it is Allah Azawajal's promise to forgive us if we fulfill our agreement and our covenant with Him, and it is His promise to reward us. Which is summarized in the statement that we read at least 17 times a day, إِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Guide us to the state path. The path of those whom you have bestowed your favor upon. And when we say this in our prayer, Allah says, This is between myself and my servant. This promise to reward them and to forgive them their sins, it is between me and my slave, and my slave will get what he has asked me for. And so, we bring Iman in the promise of Allah, which he has kept for the muttaqeen. And we couple this covenant that we've taken with Allah Azza and this promise which we believe in, we said, مَسْتَطَعْتُ وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ أَهْدِكَ وَوَعْدِكَ and here we see that our agreement with Allah Azza wa Jal, which we've made, it is according our ability. Mastata'atu means according my ability. Not according the manner you are deserved of being worshipped. What does this mean? It means that we can never truly worship Allah Azza wa Jal as He ought to be worshipped. We can never truly fulfill all the obligations of Al-Islam as it ought to be fulfilled. We cannot act upon His commandments and we cannot abstain from all of His prohibitions. And so in this statement, there is a sign that the Abd is weak. That the servant is weak and he has shortcomings. And so we say, Ya Allah, we are upon this promise which we have made with you according to our ability. And here the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he informs us of our inability to fulfill all commands and to do everything which Allah Azza wa Jal ordered us with. It also informs us that we don't have the ability to give gratitude to Allah Azza wa Jal as He ought to be shown gratitude. And for this reason Allah said, وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ إِبَادِي الشَّكُورِ That very, very few of my servants are Grateful. Very, very few of my servants are grateful. And so, the supplication goes on to mention, min ma I seek refuge with you, Ya Allah, from the evil consequences of my deeds. Meaning, I seek safety with you from the evil I have committed. The evil I've committed of sins. Sins which have repercussions. Either in the life of this world or in the next. And for this reason, the Prophet Muhammad when he used to say the khutbah al-hajah, and he said, Inna alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu, wa nasta'inuhu, wa nasta'gfiru, wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina. And he said, Oh Allah, I seek refuge with you from the evil consequences of my actions. Meaning, I seek refuge with you from the evil consequences of my actions and from the evil consequences of my sins. That sins, if we don't repent from them, they have repercussions. And so, we make this affirmation to Allah and we complain to Him about our shortcomings. The supplication then goes on to mention that I acknowledge Ya Allah and I affirm all your bounties which you have bestowed upon me. I acknowledge and I affirm all of your bounties which you have bestowed upon me. 
whether they be external bounties or whether they be internal bounties. Like bounties which is apparent and bounties which are hidden, such as the bounty of sight, such as the bounty of hearing, such as the bounty of wealth, such as the bounty of progeny and offspring, and the greatest bounty of them all, the bounty of Al-Islam. Abu bini'matika alayya. That I acknowledge and I affirm all your bounties bestowed upon me. Acknowledging these bounties is part of giving gratitude and shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order to give true gratitude to Allah azza wa jal for his bounty subhanahu wa ta'ala, we must fulfill these bounties in a proper way. And firstly, we must affirm that these bounties are from Allah Azza wa alone. Whatever bounty you have, it is solely from Allah. And this is the way of a believer. That he doesn't attribute his bounties to his own ability or his own efforts. That he has this affirmation in his heart that these bounties are solely from Allah. And this is the first step of becoming a shatlif. A person who has gratitude. Secondly, we must acknowledge this bounty. We must acknowledge this bounty. Thirdly, we must speak about this bounty. If Allah has bestowed upon you some form of bounty, then speak about it. Don't boast about it, but make this bounty apparent and give gratitude to Allah. Say Alhamdulillah and so on and so forth. And then finally, um, this bounty must be evident upon one's limbs and shukr must be manifested upon one's limbs. Meaning that if Allah gave you good health, then you use your good health to worship Allah. If Allah conferred upon you wealth, then you spend this wealth in His way and so on and so forth. And when we fulfill the bounties which Allah bestowed upon us, in this manner, then and only then are we considered to be from amongst the Shaqirin. Regarding this matter, where the Prophet Muhammad also mentioned, Abu bini'matika alayya, that I affirm and acknowledge the bounties which you have conferred upon me. The reality of the matter is, we can never ever truly give gratitude to Allah Azza as He ought to be shown gratitude. And for this reason, Allah said, وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِي الشَّكُورِ He said that very, very few of my servants are truly grateful. And so this affirmation that we make, it should be on a daily basis. We can never give gratitude to Allah as He ought to be shown gratitude. But when we say this, at least we are acknowledging this and we are affirming this upon our tongues. The supplication goes on and the Prophet Muhammad mentions, that I acknowledge and I affirm my sin and my shortcomings with regards to your rights, Ya Allah. That I acknowledge and I affirm my sin and my shortcomings with regards to your rights, Ya Allah. And this requires tawbah and istighfar. The fact that we fall short with regards to Haqqullah, the rights of Allah, it requires tawbah and istighfar. As Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَغْفِرُوا الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَلَمْ يُسِرُّوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلُوا وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ So Allah mentioned in this verse, that those, those when they do a fahisha, when they do a single sin, or they do zoom, they oppress, and they do wrong to themselves by way of sins. What happens? The sifa of the muttaqin, of those who have taqwa, immediately Allah. They remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They fall short. And Allah Azza comes to mind and they have regret. Dhakarullah. They remember Allah immediately. 
Secondly, they seek forgiveness for their sins. They seek forgiveness for their sins. So immediately, when they commit a sin, they bring Allah Azza wa Jal to mind. Secondly, they seek forgiveness for that sin. Illallah. And who can forgive sins except Allah? And they do not persist upon that deed while they know that that deed, it is an evil deed. So this is the true attribute of a Muslim and of a Mu'min. That when he commits a sin within himself, he knows within the deep recesses of his heart that this is a transgression against the right of Allah Azza wa Jal. And they do not persist upon that. Rather, they stop the sin immediately, they have regret, and they seek forgiveness for their sins. And Allah says, Wa illallah. And who can forgive sins except Allah Azza wa Jal? And they do not continue the sin, rather, they stop the sin immediately. And so this affirmation does not mean confession. When we say, Abu wa that I complain to you and I acknowledge you, Ya Allah, of my sin and shortcomings. This is only a confession to Allah. And this does not mean that we should confess our sins to all and sundry and speak about our sins. Because the Prophet Muhammad said that each and every single one of my ummah is mu'afa illa al-mujahideen. Each and every single one of my ummah is forgiven except those who boast about their sins. The only person we acknowledge or the only deity we acknowledge our sins to, it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is no one that can come between us and our tawbah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no such thing as an intermediary in Islam going by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu or a pious saint, or a pious sheikh, etc., etc. We have a direct connection with Allah Azza wa Jal, and we seek forgiveness from Allah Azza wa Jal directly. The final phrase in the supplication, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says, فَغْفِرْ لِي فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ so forgive me, Ya Allah, فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ So forgive me, Ya Allah, for none forgives sins except you. And this, in and of itself, it is a dua. When we say, رَبِّ غْفِرْلِي فَغْفِرْلِي This, in and of itself, it is a dua. And the meaning of إِغْفِرْلِي meaning, oh Allah, forgive me, it means, to cover and to conceal. So what we are saying, Iqfirli, Ya Allah, cover my sins and protect me from its repercussions in dunya and akhirah. So when we say, Ya Allah, Iqfirli, Oh Allah, forgive me. What we are imploring Allah Azza wa Jal for is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cover up our sins. To cover up our sins and not expose it to the creation, and to conceal it. And so we say, Ya Allah, cover my sins and protect me from its repercussions in the dunya and the akhirah. Ibn Rajab, ta'ala, the great Hanbali scholar, he said that the best form of seeking forgiveness is to begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then to acknowledge one's sins, and then to ask for forgiveness. So if we look at the wording of this grace application, it contains all of the meanings of true Tawbah. That firstly, we say, Allahumma anta Rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Rabb. La ilaha illa ant. There is no deity worthy of worship except you. Khalaqatani wa ana abduk. You have created me and I am your servant. In this, is praise for Allah and in this is glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
wa ana ala ahdika wa wa'tika ma istata'tu and i am upon your covenant and your promise according my ability and this is affirmation of the weakness of insan that we are weak a'udhu bika min sharri ma sana'tu i seek refuge with you from the evil consequences of my deeds and this is also affirmation of a feeble and weak nature abu'u laka bi ni'matika alayya wa abu'u bi dhanbi faghfir li fa innahu la yaghfiru dhunuba illa ant and then finally we implore allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness so when we look at the meaning of the supplication it contains all of the meanings of true tawbah and for this reason the prophet muhammad sallallahu he termed this form of forgiveness as sayyidul istighfar which means the master of all forms of forgiveness about which he said whoever says it in the morning with conviction in its wordings and if it falls what it means and dies during that day before he reaches the night he is from amongst the people of jannah and whosoever says it at night with conviction in its wordings and if it fulfills its meanings and dies before he reaches the morning then this person is also from amongst the people of jannah so this is a supplication which is becoming of us as muslims and as followers of the prophet muhammad sallallahu to give importance to and to memorize it and to make it part of our daily routine to say this dua in the morning and in the evening bi'idillah subhanahu wa ta'ala we pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives us our sins during this blessed month of ramadan we pray that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us from amongst his utaqa he makes us from amongst his servants whom he frees from the fire of jahannam each and every single night and this occurs during the month of ramadan that this is the idol or ideal time for a believer to renew his covenant with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to renew his istighfar and his turning into repentance with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we pray that allah azza wa jalla guide us and he forgives us amin ya rabbal alamin subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh